Hello, friends. Um, I don't. Cord, do you have any idea what we just watched? Uh, a surrealist nightmare. Uh, oh God. Um, oh, I don't even know. Um, yeah, Mr. Robot is what we're talking about. Uh, this is almost cancelled. I'm Peter, and that's Connor. And yeah, it's season two, episode ten. It is uh, Eps two point nine. Oh, sorry, episode eleven. Sorry. Um, Eps two point nine underscore Python dash part one dot pz no p seven z sorry or p seven z if you're American. Uh, I'm clearly flustered. I'm clearly confused. I'm clearly not knowing what's going on because, quite frankly, that was probably the most out there episode of the show. And I think the reason why it was the most out there, right? Not to jump ahead in plot points, because this episode starts. With Mr. Robot, with Elliot, I should say, telling us that he wants to try lucid dreaming, that he's he's going to try this thing where he's going to get a dream. So right away, Mr. Robot's already a show where we are constantly questioning what we're seeing, what he's seeing, what's real, what's not real, and then he says he's going to be maybe in a dream. And do you know what? It makes not just the stuff with Elliot at the end. It makes all of the. Angela's to feel like a lucid dream. Everything it's not quite natural. Yes, if I didn't say full spoilers, by the way, full spoilers before we, you know, really get into things here. But like, because as soon as he said that to start, and it, the camera pulls up, and he's you know, uh, mind awake, body. Asleep. Yeah, that was it. That was the phrase. As he's saying that, as the camera's fading away, I'm like, right, I'm going to call it now. The rest of this episode <laughs> is not real. Right, but then stuff started happening as it made sense that this is real. You know, Dom's in the hospital. You know, as an aftermath to the previous, and we'll get to that. And you know, Angela's been taken with these people, and we'll get to that. <laughs> Lots of things to get to, and we'll get to them all. But you know, like so, I was. But no, this all makes sense. This no, this must be real. Plus, Elliot's not here. Why would he be dreaming about stuff that he doesn't know about? That's the thing. It feels uh, like it should be real, but at the same time, felt unnatural well, in a way. Like it was presented unnaturally. Well, let's save Elliot for last, right? Because technically all yeah. of his stuff was at the end. So, um, oh, we'll go with Dom first. Dom was, pro- I guess, the least interesting of the of the bunch. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, we had, we had a little bit of Philip as well, but we'll, we'll go with Dom first. Uh, Dom is at the hospital and she's having words with her superior and she's saying, oh, this is bigger than this. The Dark Army did this. Um, and the superior basically says, look, China... Is, is bailing out this entire situation with trillions of dollars. They're basically getting away with this. If they're connected to the Dark Army, they're getting away with it. We have to work around this. But the, obviously the main things we want to point out in this conversation is that Darlene... Because they don't reveal in this episode who's dead. Who no, lived, who died. She just says people died. Like, plural. Well, she says two things of interest. She's One says multiple people died. Yeah. And she then says, I want to do the interview. And that's the that's the key thing I think right there is someone's alive, someone worth talking to, is alive. Yeah. Hopefully, Darlene. And I have a theory it's Darlene. I actually decided mid- middle of the week between episodes that I think Darlene's alive. And the reason okay. the reason for that is because everything I said last week about how I thought she might be dead because thematically her stories kind of ended and she's ended her arc and she's had like this fit and, these fit and final moments that feel like it could be the end of that character. All yeah. that's still true. I don't, I'm not changing my mind in any of that. But there's one thing. There's one thing I thought of in the previous episode that makes it thematically unsatisfying if she's dead. 
which is why I think she's not. Go on. She heard White Rose say that Phase 2 is Elliot's plan. If she doesn't get more of that as a character, then it's unfulfilled. Mm, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, she should have to confront Elliot yeah, still. Like, she, she should yeah. have to acknowledge this. There's a breadcrumb there that's not been explored, and I feel like that's confirmation. And this show is nothing if not utterly meticulous in, in following <laughs> every tiny breadcrumb. I know. <laughs> it might take them a while, but they always follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, though, Dom goes home and feeling defeated and worthless, she has a very pathetic conversation with uh, Alexa, which is her uh, Siri-like yeah, thing. Basically. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot like the movie Her, actually, for like a little while. It is, yeah. Where she starts asking Alexa if she's her friend and if she loves her. What colour her eyes? Yeah, and it just gets really depressing. And it does. It, I, I think more than anything, it's, it's purely a character thing for Dom and where she's feeling right now because she's she, she feels that like she's on the hot the heels of this case and it's been taken away from her because the system is protecting the people that I are behind it. I think as well, more than anything, it shows how alone she is because obviously mm. she's always been a loner and she seemed fairly comfortable with that which, but something's changed which would lead me to suspect that somewhere down the line she's going to flip sides and she's actually going to be on the side of either Darlene or the Dark Army or not Dark Army but I am in the Dark Army because she obviously has reasons to not trust them yeah. but like Darlene or F Society or whatever Like I feel like she might actually flip and go against the system at some point Mm, okay. Like I feel like they're building motivation for that, maybe. Yeah, the thing is, I can kind of see her not change sides because she is too good. She's too in with the law. She's very by the book. I I get that, but I feel like the law is actually starting to do the wrong thing, and like this is like her breaking down, and this is what might, you know, persuade her to or mm, give her okay. motivation to shift. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it's just discussing her being alone and like how she feels in that scene. I'm like thinking maybe that's where they'd go with her next season, but it's just a guess. Actually, before we move on, I want to point out because uh, it happens with two different characters, which is why I want to uh, mention it. Uh, when we first see Angela, there's a song playing that uh, is from Back to the Future, yeah. and then at the end of the episode, another song from Back to the Future is playing, which, I mean, the first one made me chuckle, and I read, "Oh, that's Back to the Future," and of course we know that Elliot's favorite movie is Back to the Future Part Two. But then Earth Angel played at the end, and that's obviously a big song from Back to the Future. That's what's played uh, while Marty's like, you know, fading away, and then you know his parents kissing, and he, you know, it gets better. But you know, it's a big moment in the movie. And I, I just thought it was interesting that it opened and ended with Back to yeah. the Future songs. Um, but yeah, so that's Dom. Uh, we'll, we'll briefly mention Philip because Philip's making his power plays, and it seems like he getting the Chinese to help is now going to try and double cross them. By because it even says that he's going to like turn it against them, the money they've gave him by like developing a new Bitcoin, you know, ecoin. Ecoin, yeah. yeah. But it's essentially he's he's undermining the Chinese. He's also undermining his own government. Mm. He's what he's doing by establishing his own currency. He is putting himself and that currency on par as equals with the government immediately. He's yeah. no longer just a, a corporation owner. He is. A, a world leader. It, yeah, it goes back to what he was saying last week about wanting to be the most powerful person in the room. And this, it does. Or this might get him to, to at least equal footing, if not 
the number one. I would argue it would be the number one slot in this situation in the show because the money's so messed up that if he has his own currency that's just on its own, then all of a sudden yeah. he, he dictates how valuable it is. Almost. He does. I, I just, uh, you know, we talked about the, the, how him last week him said about the most powerful person in the world, mm. Room. I had a, a thought. You know, he says, oh, one, in one room, maybe two, and he has a bit of a chuckle. Uh, I think an old room you might be mentioned, referring to now that we've... What's no, no, no. Right, no it's, okay. I, think, I think, you know, we speculated who the two people yeah. could be. I don't think they're both White Rose, just in his different personas. Oh, yeah, and he's aware of both of them, and that's why he's making the joke to himself. Ah, true. That's, that's very possible. I still like the idea that one of them's Elliot, and whatever I do as well, Elliot's but... personality was when he yeah, yeah. started Dark Army. If that is indeed true, of course, pure speculation at this point still. But, you know, if that's the case, then yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Philip. And I want to. Obviously, the Angela story and the Elliot story are the two the big ones, yeah. Big ones. So let's, let's tackle Angela. Uh, so she's in the car, she's taken to this house and she's put into a room and it's a room with a really old computer, I think it was a, was it an Apple computer? Like an old, no it was a Commodore. Yeah it was Com- yeah. a Commodore. And there's a fish tank and that's basically, it's a dark room. <laughs> and in walks a little girl, puts in one of these giant floppy disks and this weird game comes up on the screen with questions and the girl starts making Angela ask, yeah, answer questions and shows that if she doesn't answer them, she'll get punished. And she shows her these marks on her back where she's been, like, you know, beaten. Beaten, yeah. Um, this was the moment where I was like, this just went full on David Lynch. Like, this is so, you know, out there. This is like a scene from a David Lynch movie where you have no idea what's going on. There's just this weird tone to everything. The questions make no goddamn sense. The first question she asks her is, have you ever cried during sex? Which, by the way, now Sam Esmail is going to get asked that in every interview he ever does. Yeah, but this is this is where it started to feel like. Hang on, is this whole episode a lucid dream? Like, even though this makes sense from a story point, this like, like you said, everything's just so strange, and it's just you're questioning what yeah. everything. It feels like it's a dreamlike state. Yeah, but then of but course, I don't think that it is a dream. No, either. I don't I think, think it is real, either. But because obviously, where it goes is after the questions are all answered. In walks White Rose, yeah, answering who who's taken her because obviously we speculated last week it could be it could be White Rose, could be the Dark Army as a whole, it could be Philip, it could be the FBI, you know, it could be. There's too many too many variables last week, but it's White Rose and White Rose sits down and says twenty eight minutes is how much time I've allotted to this conversation. Um, we're probably not going to discuss everything they said because I mean hell if we're going to remember all of it, but the 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 the, the big bullet points and the stuff that really stood out to me. Uh, is one White Rose saying Angela, the Dark Army should have killed her months ago. Like, what Nin- she w- 90 days was, yeah. the, was what she said. Yeah. And the fact that she's not dead is interesting to her. It's you know it's fascinating to her that she needs to know why she's this important. And of course my mind immediately goes, well if Elliot's secret the rule of the Dark Army, he's, put he's a, protecting her. He's yeah. put a sign on her saying she's untouchable. You do not touch her. Yeah. You know. Th- but Here's the but. White Rose knows about Elliot and knows that he, presumably he's in there with them, right? Because we, we know that. Yeah, yeah. White Rose also knows Elliot 
and Angela, and she even talks about that too. Oh, yeah, Angela. that's the, that's the other big stuff we're going to get to. Is so, that... but the the point is, if if that is the reason that she's protected, why wouldn't she put that together quite easily herself? Like it feels like she sh she should be able to put those things together herself. Yeah, true, but again, we don't know all the variables though. We we no, we have no. no idea, like. Like, I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't have an answer. I, <laughs> this episode is a complete mind, you know, the, the cluster bomb. It's there. You know, so, yeah, so she brings up the, the, the plant where Elliot's dad and Angela's mum died. And she says, what if I told you they died for a greater good? And this is where things really start getting out there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think, where the hell are they going with this? And she starts saying, what if that made you who you were? You know, this, this made you who you were. And this is important. You became these people who are important. And you're in the crossroads of this big event, which we are assuming is phase two, or at least phase two is a part of what she's talking about. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> like, you're talking about them as if they're the chosen ones, as if they're looking Leia. Like, so yeah. This is how you're talking about them right now. Like, what have you had planned all these years? Were you grooming them in some way? And I think what's most interesting is, obviously, we understand why Elliot's so important. We get that. But what is it about Angela that we don't know yet that makes her so essential? And does Angela now know? Because, of course, when it gets to the end of the scene, like White Rose says, I don't want you to just hand me the proof. You can find more proof. That, that means nothing to me. I want you to believe in what we're doing. Or to that effect, I want you to be a believer of this thing. Yeah. And, you know, Angela's like, well, what is this thing? What do you want me to believe? And, of course, Sam Esmail cuts to another scene <laughs> before before we get what the explanation is. And But we see the end result. We see Angela go to a lawyer and say, never call me again. Everything's fine. Forget that voicemail. And she's like, she's a believer. You can see it in her eyes. She is clearly converted. She is converted to the way of the white rose. And I have... Oh, I'm, what I would give to know what, what was said. And it's just kind of like... And I knew we weren't going to get it. I knew he's, I laying, the, he's laying out the, the cards on the table, but they're all face down. Yeah. And we're not going to see them flipped. We'll see them flip gradually over the next year, maybe. Probably more than that. Probably more, given the show's <laughs> arduous pace at times. You know, but... And it, and that's like really started to like it. It's it's really interesting because the end of the last season, like it only just introduced White Rose, and then at the end of the season, the post cliffhanger, the post credit scene, we got the the you know the the Chinese counselor version of White Rose meeting with Philip, and it opened the show up into all these new areas that weren't really there before. Like the show expanded, and this season, as a result, has been very different from season one. And I feel like this is the first half of the finale. It's you know it's two parts, two part, and I feel like this is opening the show up again. All these ideas that White Rose has brought up in this conversation, that they're important, that they're at the crossroads of something great, and some stuff we're going to get to in Mr. Robot's, or Elliot's side of the story, it feels like we're hinting at something bigger. And I have to even ponder the question, are we hitting science fiction? Are it's, we Are we getting yeah. to a point where there's going to be some sort of science fiction thing going on? Do you know... There was a moment where, because obviously I've seen a lot of people speculate this is going to get science yeah, fiction. Yeah. And you know when that little girl walks out, and she kind of looks like Angela. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? She's like similar. She's oh, got the blonde hair, what? the ponytail. Do you know what? Like, do you know what? Like, they're it, not. It wasn't even when she walked out. I thought that as soon as she walked in. 
And I sort of dismissed no, it. No, no. Well, yeah. Yeah, I sort of dismissed it. It was like, oh, well, she just, she's similar. But she had the same hair. Yeah, you're right. And... Same hair. And, it was, I was, and, and the way she was looking at it, I was like, this isn't like some weird time travel stuff that's just thrown in here, <laughs> is it? Because for a second, I was like, I, d- I just don't trust this show anymore. <laughs> not to do anything. I, like, I'm not going to lie. Nothing would please me more <laughs> than this going ultra sci-fi. <laughs> I, I, th- I think I would be really in my element if that happened. I, I think I, as long as it does it capably, like it, yeah, it transitions yeah, yeah. well, which I have no problem with. I have absolute faith in Esme at this point. Yeah, I, I, I just don't even. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin with speculate. Oh, well, we already speculated, but you know, like speculating what the grander scale of this is, like what is really going on, like yeah, because it felt like at the end of season one we had an idea. It was like, all oh, right, Mr. Robot's in his head, it's his father, it's that. Almost to the point where I wasn't even sure what season two was going to be. I'm like, well, I don't really know what the the story for season two would be. They've completed the hack, and, you know, we know that that's his father and his head, and, you know, like, what's, what's left to tell? You know, that was... Oh, all... how, how, how young and naive we were. I know, I almost had that feeling. And now we're talking about possibly science fiction coming into play. We're talking about, you know... Things like you say, you know how, like... In that post-credit scene one, it kind of got bigger. It kind of opened the yeah. crack up. Yeah. And this kind of blows it way up. And it's now the question is, how big can this get? Yes, it is very much a question. So, right. Well, let's go. Just uh, before we move on, okay. yeah. I want to give a, a massive shout out to the the music in the Angela stuff. Oh yeah, it was good. Oh my god, the 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 slow kind of steady pulsing synths absolutely beautiful stuff but then when it got a little bit emotional the piano came in over top of it and that that piano yeah the, the traditional yeah. piano theme and that also transitioned us nicely back to elliot that piano theme yeah as uh, we've so often right. done i might have imagined this right because obviously it comes back to elliot and he's whispering and it builds up again to hear, to yeah. hear what he's saying again right but i am positive there was another scene and i don't know if and this is the annoying thing and I, I tried finding it afterwards again but i couldn't but I am convinced there's a scene, it's either in the Angela section or in the Elliot section, where there's more whispering. Ah. In the middle of the scene. And I was trying to understand it's, what it was. It's throughout this final, you know this Elliot scene where he gets up? Mm-hmm. It's throughout all of this now. Like, it goes on for a long time and in the background, just underneath... Yeah, but there was a moment where it felt like it was saying something specific, like like it came up, you know, like right. Okay. But I can't remember what the moment was, and it's because really, I was so engrossed in what was going on. I'll I'll have to go hunting more on that next week. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Elliot gets up, and essentially what Elliot's done, at least what we're perceiving at this point, because by the time we get to the end of this, we're going to be speculating all sorts of things that may be going on here. But it seems like he has put himself into a lucid dream so that he can observe when Mr. Robot's in control like Mr. Robot does when he's in control. Yeah. And he's watching Mr. Robot find the thing he was looking for which turns out to be a menu that's got a code on it and it's like goes through two different like uh, you know keys to find out what the actual message is. It's in a phone number and you know it leads to a message saying go to this taxi on this corner or go to this corner and there's a cab there. I have a question. Yeah. So this presents the idea to us here when when he's in this state mr robot cannot perceive elliot yeah he cannot see or hear him uh elliot say says 
this is what it's like for him, the silent observer. This is what it's like for you. But my question is, that's not how it works for Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot is not a silent observer. Elliot, when he's not in control but is there, Elliot can see him. He can hear him. Yeah, I agree. So was Mr. Robot just ignoring him? Or could he actually not hear him? That's... uh... That's good because what one of the other thoughts I had is that it wasn't actually live. One of my thoughts is he was he was living through something that happened already when he was blacked out and Mister Robot was in control, which would then explain why I couldn't hear him because it's you know it's just a memory. Yeah, yeah it's a memory. Mm. Um, but it would still explain how he sees everything because it's all in his head because it's the same person. So. It's all been there. Yeah, yeah. That, that that would work too actually very well. Um, that was just one thought I had, so that may explain that particular question if it turns out to be the case. Um, but so yeah, he gets to the cab, and then this guy speaks no English. The the driver, he, he, he knows enough to say Elliot, yes, Elliot, no. <laughs> That's basically the gist of his English, and asks for an address, and then <laughs> I'm actually disappointed he didn't say Bonsoir, Elliot. <laughs> I, I was I was so like 100% expecting it, but I guess the reason he doesn't is because to him, this isn't a momentous return. This isn't a a, a massive reuniting. They've presumably been in contact a long time. Ah, that's Mr. Robot, yeah. That's Mr. Robot, obviously, but for all he knows, Mr. Robot and Elliot are the same. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so this is going to... Do I, do I pose the questions before we talk about what they talk about, or do I do it? Uh, yeah, because I, th- I think I've got the same questions. Is this really Tyrell? I don't know. My Even first... Elliot doesn't know. Well, yeah, so obviously it's a really funny scene, actually, because Elliot starts asking the cab guy, the cab driver, like, can you see him? Can you see him? And they, like, you know, can you hear him? Can you see him? And it's a very and, funny scene. And Elliot even tells us, uh, we've established what I see can't be trusted. Yeah, it's what I can't see. That's what I'm really curious about. Yeah, and it's good, because it plays with everything we've done up until this point in the show. Everything we've seen with Mr. Robot in Season 1, with The Prison in Season 2... It all it, builds on yeah. what we know as an audience. But not even before that, though, even ignoring that, one of the first things I noticed was Tyrell's voice was a little off. Mm. His accent felt like it was more straight American, I guess. See, Whereas l- last season it felt more like... Maybe, had the, the, the Danish or whatever yeah just, a, yeah, just a little bit of the Danish was still in there. And I, I don't know if that's... It really means anything? <laughs> like, it's I, I get that. It's it's possible just the actor living in America for an extra year has kind of just subtly changed it that way. Or it just got better at doing it, I guess. Yeah, um, but it's entirely possible. But they're walking to a location, and Tyrell says, "You know where we're going." You know, when Elliot asks, "Like, don't be silly," you know where we're going. You know, or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, um, and he, you know. Is like yeah, phase two is there, and the dark army told this, and it's like oh right. So if this is Tyrell, and Tyrell's not been like corresponding with the dark yeah. army, and this all goes back to a theory that some people had at the end of season one, and I pooed it, and I'll tell you why I pooed it. Right now, the theory is is that Tyrell is also Elliot, right? And I pooed it at the time because there was lots of things that didn't add up. There was like you know, Gideon would go and see Tyrell at his work at Evil Corp. I think the, the, the much more obvious one is Joanna. 
Yeah, well, no, see, no, Joanna, Joanna was the reason why people suspected it. Because in that final scene in season one, maybe, maybe not now because we've had more scenes with them, but in that final yeah. scene in season one, when she's like, and he's like, you know, can she hear me talking to you? Like, does she know me this well? Like, and because of the way she acts with him, I almost bought, or a lot of people almost bought, that she knew it was really him, but knew that it was like an Elliot mode. <laughs> so, See, I get that. I just mean yeah. from context later like, where... Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that actually still doesn't... Well, I was going to say the idea that she said, oh, I, I find my husband and bring him back. Yeah, it could still... He could still do that. He could still bring back the personality. He's I, lost. I don't know how it works with the Gideon stuff in season one, though, because Gideon wouldn't be in on this and Gideon goes to see him at Evil Corp as, he's, as if he's a different person. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely doesn't sit right. So, but at the same time, I can't deny that this scene and like, because we know that at least from that, that conversation we heard with White Rose that said phase two is Elliot's plan and if Ty, either Tyrell is literally Tyrell and he is working with the Dark Army as a sort of intermediate with for Elliot's yeah. other personality or whatever, right? Or Mr. Robot himself, right? Or Tyrell himself is Mr. Robot, and that's the personality that's working with the Doctor. There Army. is an answer that solves both of these problems. Oh, hit me. We know Elliot creates his personalities based on real people. Mr. Robot was his dad. He was a real person. So Tyrell now is in his head. So but Tyrell wasn't... was a real person. He shot him. In the, you know that three day gap yeah. we don't have, and we know that you know it very highlighted the gun in the popcorn, and then in the ensuing time period after he has created the personality of Tyrell. Ah, so maybe he didn't start the Dark Army, but he basically walked in and started running it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. I don't know. It's 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 possible. I guess. Uh, I mean, but, what isn't at this point? But at the same time, I mean, he'd, he'd have to have done it in three days because he went straight to prison at the end of season one's finale. But don't forget that three days. We don't. He still doesn't remember. No, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely. So, but, any, but I'm saying whatever he did, he had to have done it in three days. If this is the case, it was. And it reminds me of the absolutely fantastic line where Tyrell asks Elliot, "Have you forgot everything?" Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a fantastic callback, of course. Yeah, yeah. forgotten everything again from, from uh, last season. Darlene, yeah, from yeah, that revealed. Yeah, that was good. Um, but I it makes you question what what did he actually forget in yeah. those three days or before? And it does almost feel like in the finale, in the second part of the finale, we're finally going to get to see what happened in those three days. Um, mm, yeah, but it, it's kind of funny how it, it that they waited till the season finale to to get there. Now, the question is, though, are, are we satisfied if Tyrell's actually dead and now Tyrell is just another Elliot? Like, yes. If they play it like... In, in, not necessarily exactly the way I've just said it, but if it is a scenario similar to that, I'd be happy with that. Uh, I probably would be too, but at the same time, I would be a little disappointed that Tyrell's just been dead this whole time. Like, I feel like there had to have been more to it than that, and I still kind of feel that way. Sure, but then there's the question of why is he dead and why can he not remember that? Like, what's so important about his death that, that's made it unrememberable? I, I think it, it would be less the idea that he's dead and, and, oh, he's just been dead the whole time and more the circumstance of why he's dead and what's so important about that. But the way they played it for a lot of the season was... Is, is he, he dead, dead or isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like... 
the more interesting answer is that he isn't. I agree. So, I kind of hope he's still alive. But at the same time, we still don't know what the address was. We we know that uh, the the bodyguard guy he's told Joanna. Yeah. Because we see we do see one scene of them, and he's like he shows her the phone, and she's like, "Oh, this is the best present he's ever got me," and that's all we get. So obviously that'll get picked up next episode or better. I mean, come on. <laughs> but that that's all we get of that. And then of course the episode ends with uh, Tyrell cracking the Casablanca reference uh, yeah. as they walk off in the direction of this phase two location. <laughs> See, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people, in, I did a quick look online after the episode. So a lot of people complaining that this was split up and not aired back to back and they felt like it really suffered. I disagree. I feel like this episode encapped itself really well. Still, it felt like the end of an episode. It was as much. It was. It was a part one as much as it was also a part twenty of the continuing story. It's funny because last week you were the one concerned that I was concerned, and but I did. I I did say if there's a good reason for it, I'll be okay with it. And I feel like this episode was contained enough that it satisfied me. Well, like I said last week, I trust Sam Esmail. He's made this decision. Yeah. Like I said, my, my worry was that it was a studio decision and not his decision. But of course, seeing that he gets his way now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, they, they are getting so many critical, you know, you know, quotes uh, and yeah. things from this show that they are just like letting him run wild, which is is great. So you know, by all means, I. I think the cliffhanger works really well. I, I, if I have one criticism about the episode, it would only be that the structure's a little bit weird because we leave Elliot for so long that I was convinced we weren't going to see Elliot for the rest of the episode. I was too, actually. And then it came back to him, and then it just it basically stuck with him for the rest of the episode, barring one cut to Angela's visiting the lawyer. I get it, but I feel like it was essential to keep him out of it while we did all the Angela stuff. Because, like you said, like the way it feels like a dreamlike state is thematically set up by the idea that Elliot was doing this lucid dream stuff. Yeah, so but I they, feel they, like intercutting that with anything would have detracted. But it didn't intercut with Angela's story. Yeah, yeah, but right at the end, like after the, not until after she left the room. But where, which was where the the the, the dreamlike state was. But he's still kind of lucid dreaming, though. Like the. He's doing he that is. the entire time yeah. at the end, so if you're going to intercut once, why not intercut more? I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm just saying, the, the structure was kind of weird. Yeah. I, I'd be more than complaining about the episode, but otherwise, it was a... <laughs> tantalising, but... mind-messing of an episode. But as someone who is a huge fan of Lost, and theorising about Lost week to week, and as someone who is a fan of David Lynch movies, <laughs> this episode worked for me uh, quite a bit it, it worked for me a lot I, I saw a lot of people complain that Angela's stuff went on too long and I don't agree do, honestly, with that honestly do, I, wasn't, I wasn't keeping track of how far the episode we were in but see when White Rose said I've scheduled 28 minutes I was almost hoping that it was going to be the rest of the episode and it was going to be exactly 28 minutes do you know what part of that me questioned that as well I was thinking I, I, I was wouldn't like, put it past it give me this 28 minute conversation which will be fascinating because White Rose is going to drop a lot of truth bombs on us and like reveal stuff and also 28 minutes is a lot of time like for her it is exactly which is Especially why when, she gave Elliot far less and it's, it's also a lot of time in an episode of TV like it's more than half the episode so like it would make us feel the importance of this amount of time 
No, they didn't do that, and I'm not complaining complaining that they didn't. But for well, a minute, for yeah. a minute, I thought they were going to do that, and it, it went on for a good, you know, ten minutes maybe. So yeah, it was lengthy, especially as it didn't really cut away from it much at all. It didn't. Did not not once. Not, not until it went back to Elliot, and then no. obviously it, that was the end of that because then it was the. So it wasn't. A long uninterrupted scene. The only time it cut was uh, it it cut obviously when the little girl left, and then it cut back and in. The White Rose when comes in, yeah. but what, once White was there to the end of that scene, it never never cut to anything else. Yeah. All right, I just had a crazy crazy thought to ponder. Right, I don't even have an answer to this. What I'm about to say, but I mentioned the song Earth Angel from Back to the Future is playing, yeah. and it's playing during the scene with uh, Elliot and Tyrell at the end, before the Casablanca reference, where the music goes cheesy at the end to. Very Hollywood swell up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just thinking about that moment in Back to the Future when that song's playing. So, spoilers for Back to the Future have if you've not seen it. If, which, unless you're Connor and you're weird and you don't see it until your 20s, you know. You're, I mean, you're I fine. take the spoilers either way. It's, it's, uh, you, you go, it's, it's this point now where you run the risk. But just think about that scene. Think about that scene in Back to the Future. So, he is trying to get his parents back together because he's been erased from time. Because he might never be born because his parents aren't coming together. He is literally fading away during oh, that scene. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Right? What if Elliot's fading away? Yeah. And then he comes back because he manages to make things click again. And, you know, that's when he stands up and starts playing guitar again. And this all happens during this song. Yeah. And you know what? The fact is, if you'd went back to season one and told me when they mentioned Elliot's favourite movie was Back to the Future Part 2 and then we seen a picture of him and his dad dressed up as Doc and Marty uh, when he's looking at the pictures if you'd have told me back then that we might theorise in a season's time that thematically this might actually have to do with something I'd have said yeah, that's crazy but now <laughs> I, th- I think you could be onto something like, like genuinely think because like, as soon as you started saying it it's like oh I get you like, it makes sense like everything about that movie is about accidentally erasing yourself from history and then trying to fix it. Yeah. What if that... And the second one, which is specifically his favourite, is about creating an alternate timeline, which I brought up when White Rose said that she liked living out two timelines. She liked, you know, two universes. You know? So I'm just... I want to put that out there. I want to put these thoughts out there that what if thematically there's actually... Maybe not specifically time travel, although we did mention the girl looking like Angela, but what if thematically the idea of erasing yourself... And fixing it are parts of what's going on here. Just... Yeah, the idea that perhaps he's losing himself with the other personalities taking over more would be Elliot fading away. But then how does he fix it? That was exactly what I was just about to say. Oh, I love this show too much. That's uh, the penultimate episode, part one of the finale. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course, with the season two finale of Mr. Robot, and I am bracing myself for it. And I'm preparing to cry afterwards the fact that we have no more for a year. No more Mr. Robot, but uh, 25 other shows to, to... It's not enough. <laughs> it's not enough to make up for Mr. Robot. <laughs> nothing Nothing can fill this void. Uh, dear. Let us know in the comments what you think of this episode, thoughts and theories and all that stuff. Anything we missed, as we sometimes do. There's so much to talk about in this show. Um, also, uh, yeah, uh, look for all the other stuff coming. We're, you know, I, 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 what's the point of even plugging everything else? It's not Mr. Robot. Uh, <laughs> but there's other shows coming. Westworld. Westworld might be just as good. Uh, yeah, Westworld's hitting uh, 
at the start of October. It's October 1st, I think, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's not next week, no. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was like a couple of weeks. No, there's a couple. Of, there's some network shows starting next week, but uh, Westworld's on another couple of weeks yet. Um, but yeah, lots of shows starting. We'll be covering tons of stuff, uh, pilots at the very least, uh, and continuing what's uh, worth continuing with. It's just looking like far too much. Yeah, it's looking like far too much at this point. We're going to be so so busy uh, doing all these TV reviews and discussion, but hopefully some of them give us as much meaty conversation as Mr. Robot does. So thanks very much for watching. Uh, get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz. Like and subscribe and all that jazz. It helps us out a lot. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, bonsoir, Elliot. Which I know means hello. I'm not. I'm not an idiot. <laughs>